Hey guys, welcome to the fourth episode of Talk Back On, where we go behind the glass with our host, Jay Chong, godfather of K-pop, and award-winning okay, producer is... and composer. <laughs> Kairos, award-winning producer, songwriter, and CEO of Decade Plus Music Publishing. I, myself, KO, I'm an audio engineer, likes to browse on Vintage King's website just for fun. So... <laughs> Let's go into circuit board. Um, this week, we're going to be talking about um, whether it's better to EQ, then compress, or compress and then EQ. So check this one out, guys. What's up, guys, and welcome to circuit board. Now, today, I get asked from time to time if I have a preference whether I like to EQ first, then compress, or compress, then EQ. And to be honest with you guys, it really depends. So I'm going to show you guys a couple ways and a couple instances where I would prefer compressing and then EQing or vice versa. So let's get right into it. So we're back to Twice's next page. And what I'm gonna do is actually play the verse section, just the instrumental, because I really wanna focus on this bass first. first thing that I probably might want to do is actually compress it first and the reason being is because it's a little loose and it could be tightened up along with the drum groove more importantly I feel like that it could really be a uh, very strong part of the instrumental along with that sampled vocal chop in the background so what I have here is a LA-2A from UAD I love this compressor a lot and this will kind of get the sound that I need in order for me to get it sounding tight So what I really do love about this compressor that it's it's smooth, but it's really keeping the bass kind of up front and consistent as well too. So the next thing that I'm actually most likely going to do is EQ. And as you can see right here, I'm actually now making corrections as well as compensating some of the frequencies which the compressor has affected. So I'm actually removing some 90 hertz some 300, 370, 211, and I'm actually boosting up a little bit of the high mids here just to give it a little bit more of that picking sound. So let's hear it now. So you can start hearing a difference where the bass is now a little tighter. It allowed it to really bring it up forward too. And especially with those EQ corrections post the compression, it allowed it to really kind of bring it out alive into the mix as well. Now let me show you an instance where I would actually rather EQ than compress. So here we have Sana from Twice. She's also singing on the verse section of this song and you'll be able to hear her dry recording and then we'll start making our judgment call from there. Now let's hear it in solo. 
So cool. It's been recorded well. However, I do hear some boominess and certain frequencies that can be taken out. And I do want to take note of that because it's better to remove some of these frequencies, especially before you compress, because otherwise you are compressing those frequencies and it starts becoming more of an added problem later on. So let's take all of those out and see what we can come up with. So I have here an EQ. And as you can see, I'm doing a lot of corrective EQ. This is where I'm actually subtracting a lot more frequencies than doing any kind of boost. I'm doing a high pass filter. I'm also taking out some low mids, some mid range, as well as some higher mids and some high end as well. And this will allow me to really control the vocals uh, when it goes into the compressor, which I'm using an R box here. So just with those two combos, let's hear the vocals back in solo. Now without it. So you can hear the vocals are now definitely more up front, but more importantly, it's taken out a lot of those little problems that we heard from the recording earlier. But here's what I like to do a lot, and this is where you can really get creative. You have this sound, but let's say you want to add more to it. Well, you're more than welcome to start adding EQ. I'm definitely going to use the FabFilter Pro Q. However, you're more than welcome to use any kind of EQ, especially to add color and stuff that just really makes it sound nice. So over here, now you can start seeing some crazy stuff going on. I have another high pass filter just to take out a little bit more of the boominess, but I'm also raising up a little bit of the low end to give her voice a little bit more girth, but I'm also still subtracting just to compensate what the compressor is doing, but I'm adding this big boost high shelf right at the end at 6.7K. So with all of that, let's put in all our very effects and play back in the mix. <laughs> Cool. Now, you can definitely hear a difference, but the most important thing is making the proper judgment, especially when you are making any kind of corrections, but also using a compressor as well, too. It's all about being the person behind the tools rather than having these tools magically work things out for you. And, um, you know, Definitely listen to your sources. I think that's the biggest thing. You want to listen to your sources, see if there's any problems that you can address before you start doing anything else. Obviously, there are so many templates as well as presets out there that can make your workflow faster. However, take the time to do this because the more you can enhance your sources from the get-go, the better your mix will sound ultimately at the end. So I hope you guys enjoy this one. Until next time, see you guys. And we're back. Now, um... Just to start things off, is there a certain way that um, you guys like to uh, process, especially with EQ first or compress first, or does it matter to you guys? Hmm. It's the, it's the ongoing question of <laughs> the vocal it? chain. Um, yeah. You know, I, I, I used to always compress first and then EQ. And then recently uh, I saw a video. I think it was on waves.com they had something about it and i was like I, I i need to i need to you know like find out what the answer is and the guy you know what he said was actually very true uh he basically he said he puts an eq first to sort of like shave off unwanted uh frequencies because uh if you don't if you don't do that like what you know or, or if you put the eq before the compressor and you want to tweak it during mix it actually uh, affects the compressor uh how the compressor behaves right Mm -hmm. 
So like, so he uses one to sort of shave out like unwanted frequencies, and then he puts a compressor, and then then he puts another EQ after that to sort of color and you know tweak during the mix. So uh, that seemed to kind of make a lot of sense, and I tried it, and actually it works pretty well. Nice, very nice. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, definitely like to shape the sound, or at least to you know make sure that the EQ. Um, is in place for me personally I like to make sure that before it goes into the compressor because the, the compressor too also adds character and color as well so um, you, I think the, the best way to put it is to you got to have your prep work and then once it runs through, through uh, you know the compressor you can also you know add what's needed afterwards or what add what's lacking after it comes out of the compressor but uh, but yeah there's there's really no proper way to do it it's just more of what works best and uh, what's going to, you know, eventually make the the sound, uh, sound you know, more fitting to the sound or to the music. You know. Yeah, I think mm. I think you brought up a good point about prep work. It's not only just, uh, you know, I think the the frequency you definitely want to take out unwanted frequency, but there are um, certain times where you will have like little blips or like sometimes exaggerated breaths where somebody's gasping for their last dying breath, you know, it's like mm. all of that stuff has to be controlled and somewhat managed, not just only in EQ, but just in uh, editing as well. Cause uh, those, those little stuff also affect on how the compressor works as well too. So I think that's a good point to bring up. Mm. Cool. Um, so Kairos, would you like to uh, start off, start us off with the topic for today? Uh, sure. Well, uh, I don't want to sound like a complainer, but something that I want to share with you guys. Um, I'm just not a fan of this trophy culture today, right? It's like where you get anyone that participates, uh, all get uh, all get a trophy. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I think it really defeats the purpose, or it really degrades the value uh, of failure. Of failure, um, and the reason why I want to talk about failure is because I think there's this great importance in learning what failure does to success. And uh, I wanted to kind of jump in uh, on that subject and talk about it because I know so many um, of our peers and people that are coming up, you know, in this industry face failure. And a lot of times, you know, they're just not prepared for it um, or not ready for it. So I think this will be a great opportunity to, you know, talk about what uh, we can do to, um, you know, fight or, or just combat whatever comes our way, but at the same time, understand what failure is, uh, you know, in the eyes of success, you know, and, and what we can do to um, have it be a part of, you know, uh, our experience in success. So, yeah, I just want to kind of bring that up and maybe, you know, have a discussion about that. And, uh, yeah. Wow. So any, any like, uh, like personal experience or you dealt with people that like, uh, Oh, you really yeah. understand that concept? Many people don't know this, but, you know, I actually auditioned for uh, JYP um, as a songwriter long, long time ago. This was a mm. really, this was a while back, but um, I think they did reach out to me at, at some point, but it never um, followed through and I never got to, um, you know, have in-depth conversations about being a songwriter for them or whatnot. But, but, you know, like, Years later, I mean, you know, now, you know, I have different cuts with them too. And um, having that being part of the journey makes it, you know, 
that much more enjoyable to look back to and say, wow, like that was, uh, that was something that I'm so glad that's part of my story. Because I think, you know, as I mentioned before, if we all got trophies, then what, what, (laughs) what kind of value does that have? You know? And so I think everyone has their story and I want to encourage anyone that's out there that are experiencing failure to know that, you know, that is part of their story. And as long as they don't uh, stop, then it's just, it's, it's an ongoing process and a failure is a part of that. Yeah. Failure, man. Uh, yeah. I think that's the biggest learning uh, experience uh, for sure. Uh, for me, uh, you know, like, uh, you know, going back, I mean, my first cut was like, it came pretty easy actually. Uh, like the artist actually, uh, we met through a mutual friend and then, uh, decided like, hey, you know, let's work together. And, 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 you know, everything went really smooth, right? So at first, like, oh, I thought this is just how it is, you know? Like, everything is kind of like gravy. And yeah. then so, like, you know, and, and every demo I sent in, oh, you know, people liked it, and we eventually got to work with everybody. And then and then I think my first real failure was, I think, uh, when we actually put out our uh, my, my group Solid's first album, and it completely tanked. Like... <laughs> It was just a flatliner, like you know, it didn't get any traction whatsoever. And I think at the time we were just still kind of like, like little kids, you know, kind of excited to just have a CD out, you know. And we thought that was sort of like a, a prize in itself, right? But like, yeah, that was. But you know, like going to broadcast stations and then just, you know, all the all the kids just going to another artist, <laughs> right? They'll come screaming and they'll just pass us and go to the next artist you know and things like that is very humbling you know and so basically we came back to america to sort of lick our wounds and kind of replan right and also um it is a funny story uh like there's a there's a group that i actually produced after solid uh in 1998 this group called voice and uh it was the first album that i produced that wasn't solid, you know, and, and it was sort of a big deal. And that thing completely just flatlined, <laughs> right? And I think that to me was the biggest humbling experience. Uh, and this is how it happened too. Um, like we had a song uh, that was out before the album released and it actually charted uh, number four on Mnet. So we're like, oh my God, this is going to be big, right? And then so our first order... Uh, it's like 15,000 records and, and it sold out. Yeah. Right. So, so the record company, you know, the bot, like the owner and everybody was celebrating, Oh my God, this is going to be huge. Right. <laughs> so, so, so he's like, he decides to like double down on the whole thing. Like, you know what? I'm going to put these guys on every TV show for like two weeks. Right. So these guys go on like all the big programs for two weeks and like, like, and there was people uh, that were on the sidelines sort of warning us like, Hey, don't put these guys on TV. Cause they're not like TV ready or they don't look like they should be on tv (laughs) (laughs) so these guys went on every big show for two weeks uh the next order came in it went from fifteen thousand to like a hundred completely stopped and then uh that was it like it was just ko like knocked out like right so that was like it was a huge blow like that was to me the biggest learning experience like you know you know that the whole saying like more is more like you know you go on tv more you you know you got to be more successful uh wasn't true and and through that experience i got to learn so much about like just promotions and how to 
kind of cater to different artists, yeah. right? So what what applies to one artist doesn't apply to the next, and you know that to me was like kind of a eye opener. Wow, yeah. that was nineteen ninety eight. Yeah, I think even uh, definitely like I, you know, the, there's that saying, or I know some people believe that you know, right before something big happens. Um, you know, we, people go through these series of failures. Um, yeah. Almost like, uh, I, I heard this great analogy where it's like a, a rocket ship trying to break through the atmosphere, you know, and um, right when, right before it does that, that's when gravity works its hardest, you know, but um, yeah. do break through, you know, that, then um, you get to reap the re- rewards and, you know, really um, experience the success. But mm. understanding success, it, it's, uh, you know, definitely, I think there's, um, a way to understand failure and in my experience definitely like i've experienced series of failures i think before really understanding what success meant you know and, mm-hmm. uh, and i value success that I, I think if if i was to have series of success and then try to have a career i think that would be a setup for uh that's where it ends you know like i don't think there no. would be a next uh uh you know long-term kind of a plan a lot of times you know people come in and go i thought this is what it's supposed to be it's not supposed to be anything you know like i think a lot of times like i'm supposed to you know get money and i'm supposed to get rich and you know make tons of money off of music and no it's not supposed to be that way and i think that uh you know people come with these um wrong expectations and so i just wanted to make sure people know that you know what people see on our instagrams or our social media that's our work uh of uh built by many failures and many trials and uh, tribulations you know it's a lot of challenging things that well, we have to overcome um and so yeah definitely you know I, I know that just even you know working in the camps um i know a lot of those uh writers have been writing for you know not just months but years you know trying to uh get their first placement and um and i you know i can uh, um confidently say that you know as long as they're focused on their uh destination it's it's coming you know it, it, as long as the map is clear enough that you know exactly where you're going then um then you're going to be there it, it, it's just a lot of times along the way uh the map gets uh you know distorted you just you, you kind of lose uh you know your purpose mm. and also I, I think uh when it comes to work uh just in general like so, uh, i know a lot of songwriters like ask like, should I work with this artist? You know, I don't think, you know, this person is going to be successful or, yeah. or I don't think this is going to like succeed and this and that. So like, like I remember reading an article in keyboard magazine, like years ago, yeah. it said, it said, uh, like there was like a business, uh, music business guy talking and he said something like, just say yes to everything mm-hmm. and then deal with it later. <laughs> right. Cause in, in our industry, you don't, you never know when those uh, offers are going to even come again. Right. So just say yes to everything. And, from my experience, you know, I realized when you have failures, like people, like people are so afraid to make mistakes or fail, right? What happens is when you fail, most people don't even know about it because it failed, <laughs> right? It never got the time of day. So, like most of the projects that I've done that failed, uh, the general public doesn't even know about it because it never really even got to their ears. It, it disappeared before even that even happened, right? Right. But at least during the whole process, like, you know, I got to kind of like learn new things or, you know, like even, uh, I know, like, and they're all paying gigs. So, you, they can, you know, but it's just like, like so many people are so afraid to like make those steps or choose what project to work on and what not to work on. Right. So, like, uh, I think uh, 
you know, it's important to have an open mind and, uh, you know, try to be more, more kind of diverse with different artists and people you work with. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I, I think, uh, I love what you just said because it's, you know, we do too much thinking before, uh, before you, and it's time to make a decision. And I, I think a lot of times we have to make those decisions and, and really, like you said, deal with it. And that's where you, you know, you learn your lessons and that's where you grow. Um, yeah. and when people try to stay safe, I mean, this industry is definitely not a place where you, you can be safe. You know, yeah. uh, there's too many hungry people out there and there's too many people that are um, very talented. Um, and so if in timing is everything and if you miss your opportunity, you're done, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's just so many, so many writers these days where like, yeah. if you're not pulling through, there's at least a dozen behind you yep. that's ready to take you, you know, take it on, right? So, yeah, definitely. You know, um, um, Ko, he actually, I, I remember during that time there was I, I did about around like sixty interviews, and um, and you know he beat out uh, probably amongst the sixty in that following week. And um, and one of the things I noticed about Ko is that um, he was always ready. I remember one day I came in and look over at my patch bay, and uh, he labeled everything. He reorganized everything, and I'm looking <laughs> over there. And I'm like, I, I never asked him to do that. That just kind of showed that you know he was always ready to improve things and make things better for everybody around him. And so it just it just showed that you know he was a team player. And I think a lot of times when um, you know people. You know, like you know, Jay Hyung, you said, it's like, well, who do I work with? Who? I think if you're starting to be picky and you're starting to have some sort of like standard of like what, how everything's going to be built around you, you have a very uh, wrong notion of, you know, how to make it in this business, you know, alive. So, yeah, you know, uh, I've been in several discussions lately, you know, uh, like with musicians and uh, like students. And, you know, one of the main questions they ask is like, uh, it was actually asked very cleverly. Uh, somebody asked, like how do you turn music into groceries right like like how do you make money to buy groceries with music <laughs> right there's no real standard like where, where if you work with one producer or one record company and you go to the next it's a it's a completely different uh layout right like how they pay or how much they pay everything varies company to company artist to artist right, right? so like when you when you start working uh, like for me personally i did a lot of stuff for free like when i started like, I don't think I made any money, uh, like the first two and a half years yeah. at, uh, of actually like working, uh, getting signed to a company and doing it for real. Uh, I, I actually made like nothing the first two and a half years and I was okay with it as long as I was able to make music. Right. And, and of course I could, I could do that because I was in my twenties or late teens. Right. I can't do that now with, you know, uh, you know, my whole family and all that. Right. But you know, so for you guys, like, did you guys just get started right away and start like working and, you know, getting compensated or did you guys like kind well, of? So I actually, um, I had the head position over in Chicago at a studio and uh, we did a lot of things. It was like multimedia stuff. And, um, you know, I got to engineer a lot of the stuff that was coming in and going out. Um, and, you know, at that time, um, I got paid salary, you know, I, I had some benefits and, uh, and my wife, she, uh, right, right when she entered her twenties, she actually became a professor at a, at a college. Um, mm -hmm. so, you know, we, both of us, you know, we, 
had everything pretty much, you know, set. It was, it was um, all in place. But then, um, you know, part of us, uh, we just knew that it was, you know, God's calling that, you know, we had to go out West, you know? And so mm-hmm. it was a, it was a difficult decision because it, it wouldn't mean that um, we would have to start from zero, you know, we mm-hmm. would have to start uh, all the way from the, uh, from the beginning. And so we took the, took that, you know, leap of faith and we came out to LA and I noticed from people is that, um, out here, it's kind of like, you know, uh, I scratch your back, you scratch mine, you know, at some point, mm. you know, that kind of thing. So, mm. um, so we were, you know, very just, uh, you know, focused on just building it, you know, from, um, ourselves. And you know, we, we attended a lot of different, uh, events and, you know, try to, uh, build networking and, um, and it was tough, you know, we, we, it, it was, you know, as, as uh, K.O. mentioned, you know, hard times were really hard. Uh, it was it was extremely hard. And um, and then, you know, we start seeing things happen with, um, you know, client building. You know, we were start building clients out here and, um, you know, we put in like our savings savings. We went all in, you know, without really having any guarantees. And that's why I think it's um, it's interesting when a lot of people ask, well, you know, how do you know? Because, you know, you, you don't know, but uh, it requires a lot of faith and, and knowing that, you know, you have to be prepared when the timing does come. So, you know, mm-hmm. we, we start working with publishers, uh, I believe, you know, probably uh, a few years after we came out here. So yeah, like, like, you know, what you said too, like, you know, a few years of just nothing coming in, you know, and uh, we had mm-hmm. a kid on the way and, and uh, I, you know, I remember at one point, um, you know, Jen and I, we were in the, you know, hospital because I got really sick. Um, I think, you know, this is kind of personal, but I think my heart was like literally failing on me because of uh, the amount of stress and just, you know, the challenges uh, we were dealing with. And I remember sitting in the hospital and I have this, you know, baby on the way. But, you know, it, it's it's really about uh, the commitment that we made, uh, not just through our marriage, but just understanding that this is, go- is going to be a journey and, um and, you know, we, we continue to work hard through a lot of those difficult times, you know, uh, yeah, it's, it's just been, as I'm even just kind of like talking about it and reflecting back, it's, it's quite amazing just the, wow. the different paths that, you know, we take to even just be here, right? Well, it's crazy that you actually were doing that while you, while you were married. <laughs> that, that is nuts. Cause yeah. that's, yeah, that's, yeah, that takes a lot of balls. <laughs> You know, uh, I think our uh, our business is kind of like it's like you got to go all in or not, you know, or bust, right? So mm-hmm. like, uh, you know, I always thought like, man, any women who uh, marry guys like us, you know, they they just have to have like just heart of steel, you know, like to to yeah. deal with all the ups ups and downs, right? Absolutely. Um, you know, and for me, I got I had an early start. I started when I was like started producing music when I was like about eighteen. Uh, and, uh, you know, then I got picked up by some local labels here in Long Beach and I was working with some hip hop labels and doing all that stuff. Uh, and, you know, like I said, I got, I got like connected to an artist out in Taiwan in the early nineties and, you know, I, I started working and then after, after my, you know, stint in Korea and I started working in Taiwan, my, my, uh, uh goal was to sort of. You know, like in every market, there's like maybe like a handful of people that write every song in the market, right? And, you know, same same goes for every market pr- practically. And at, at that time, I wanted to be one of those guys, you know? And and uh, so when, immediately when I went to Taiwan with that artist, 
uh, that artist was called LA Boys, and they were already at the top of their game in Taiwan. So like I got very lucky, and and so when they connected me to labels and other artists, I got to meet them very easily and kind of got my you know just just uh, projects just going right away. And then uh, so after like a few hit songs, then it's 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 kind of like a well, right? Like you. <laughs> First, it's you know very hard to dig that well, but once that water pumps out, then it's just like, then it's just just starting to rain, right? Like, so like uh, then then uh, it, the work just keeps coming in, yeah. And so like uh, and uh, luckily I was working in Taiwan where I don't know like like the thing about Taiwan music scene is that they they don't change very much. You know, like Korea, like, you know, you're away for like a month, you know, it's all new faces, you know, like new people writing music and all this stuff. It's been the same people like the last almost 20 years. Yeah. So like I was very fortunate enough to go there like in the late 90s where it was sort of like like the the, the original members were sort of like forming. Yeah. Right. And I happened to be there at the right place at the right time. And I got connected into that circle. So like you know, all the major labels are hitting us, like maybe like five guys that w- that was writing all these tracks. We're just getting hit up like f- every every day to write songs, right? So, and that's how we built up a lot of our, our, our credits uh, back in the day. So, you know, and it's, it's, it's uh, I don't know, to some degree that system is still in place, but then there's like that, you know, like the whole writing camp thing now where with a lot of, lot of uh, you know, like uh, newcomers are kind of getting a chance at writing songs, right? Uh, you know, like up until up until now, it was like kind of a tight-knit circle yeah. of people that wrote the music. And uh, people, like even the fans of the artists weren't really keen on new artists or new songwriters coming into that circle. It's almost like they, were, they just like to stick with uh, the people they know kind of thing. Yeah, and uh, and 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 I was very fortunate to be part of that like tight circle for like you know uh, over like a couple decades almost, right? Yeah. And in the meantime, I was going back to and I had my roots in Korea as well, so I was going back and forth. But you know, like uh, and you know, for me, like the whole uh, you know, I, I I didn't have wife and kids, you know, <laughs> during that whole process, right? So like it was a little bit easier, uh, you know. I think when I started, I was still living with my parents, you know, so I could afford to work for free and uh, and do that. So you know, to any student graduating right now or you know asking like how to get the career started, you know, like I always tell them like start as early as possible before you have all these other obligations and responsibilities, right? Right. Uh, you know, then then eventually you're going to have to get a day job and that takes time away from your creativity and it just gets harder and harder. Yeah. So, you know, it's best to start early and um, kind of get your uh, grounding like right away. I remember, you know, we uh, I, I work with uh, my company and I, I mentioned um, I eventually became like the head position at my company and uh, we were able to put together a few projects and it and we got connected with Dave and uh you know and and so this time you know I actually got to stay at his house and you know, we we had to work on different projects and uh, so to this day he actually doesn't know that I was that kid that emailed him you know Are you serious yeah years let, let me guess was it was the email address Dave Pensado at gmail.com <laughs> you know back then back then they didn't have too many uh Different, different addresses, right? So it could have just been. <laughs> right. That would have been so. 
was just the name and Gmail. But yeah. but yeah, I, I still remember getting out there and, and he I, I still remember what he said to me. He said, Hey, you know, I, I know that you have this head position out in Chicago and you got some experience under you, but come out here with this mindset of I'm starting from nothing, you know. Um and so you know, that's kind of something that uh, I kind of, you know, held onto my heart. And, you know, when I did come out here finally and um, with my wife, I, we literally, like, we just got married and felt leased for three months before we, we left Chicago. I still remember, like, at the wedding, I was looking at everybody and I got emotional because I knew that this was one of the last times I'll see every, you know, probably the last time I'll ever see them, you know, um, and leaving Chicago. So coming out here to L.A., um, we're, we're, you know, we're playing with the big dogs, you know, we're playing with everyone uh, best of the best. So, um, you, you know, some kind of going back to what we were saying before, you know, like when the opportunity does come, you know, you have to be ready, you know? Yeah. You came to the right place. <laughs> but, but I mean, you know, I think, uh, a lot of the questions I get asked is that, you know, like, Oh, you know, I've been in music schools for four years. I'm about to graduate. What's yeah. next? What can I do to get my career started, right? Yeah. So, like, like what, what, what would you guys say to that? Oh, yeah, I, I would say just try to surround yourself with people that are always better than you. You know, um, I remember someone, you know, I remember trying to get a really good snare sound, right? Um, the, one of the, the best tips I got was you have to put yourself behind someone that is creating a really good snare, in order to understand mm. what a good snare uh, sounds like. Yeah. Otherwise, you're just going to be in your head and just think that that's what, what's good and you're going to learn it the hard way. So, um, you know, it's, for me, it's always been, let's, I, I try to always surround myself with people that are better than me. And, you know, and the, again, like that, can, that can mean, you know, taking on an internship, um, you know, working for free, mm -hmm. you know, going on to yeah. some mentorship that can really benefit you and help you. And sometimes it might not fall in line with, let's say even the genre that you're interested in, but, um, you know, being a sponge, I think is such a key thing. Uh, it, it really starts with your attitude. I remember going to a studio and this is just personally, this is just me, but you know, I, I, I kept an eye on everybody. I, I remember, uh, I studied just even how people held their cups, if they're left-handed or right-handed, uh, if they like their cups dried, you know, upside down or, you know, <laughs> words, uh, you know, if they preferred it on their right side or their left side while they're mixing, it's just, you know, all those details, um, I know that matters because it will translate over to what you do as a professional. And so mm -hmm. it, that is something that I, um, you know, I really pay attention to. And so I, you know, I, I kind of, uh, I want to always, you know, urge people to, even when they take an internship where they have to clean toilets, you know, they got to do that with the mindset mm -hmm. of, you know, this is all part of being a professional and it's mm -hmm. going to help me. If I can clean a toilet really well, I know I'm gonna do something, you know, really well in just uh, creating music. You know, it, yeah, like if you if you get to clean toilet in your favorite studio, dude, you, that's that's gravy, bro. Like yes. seriously, yes. right? I, I don't think people, you know, like uh, when when like when I see people that trivialize success, yeah. like they look at other people's success and go, hey, yeah, I don't give a shit, you know, or like you know, I could do that, you know, that kind of thing, right? That to me is like the biggest handicap for a lot of, lot of uh like young people starting out it's it's like kind of like how you were like you have to be absolutely like amazed by this like you know when you see people that are ahead of you like you know like i remember just just like you know like uh just looking at somebody just working over their shoulders and just just completely soaking it in and or like when i listen to an album or you know uh like listen to my favorite producers like how they 
arrange and like you know what kind of sound they get and you know just all that stuff right and 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 just and when you realize how difficult it is to really become that person or you know to create something out of completely you know like just thin air right to be a pioneer or something you know and when you trivialize things like that then it, it really hinders your own success right right and 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 to be honest i think a lot of people do like yeah. kind of trivialize uh you know like like you know or they got they got something really easy uh you know they got successful very easily and yep. they sort of trivialized the whole thing, like, oh yeah, you know, uh, Frank just called me and uh, I got this cut on this album, and uh, you know, like, uh, you know, uh, I'm making K-pop music now, you know, like, you know, <laughs> you know, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, so like, I think, uh, like you're saying, like, like really understanding and absorbing every little detail like a sponge, yeah. you know, uh, it, like I, I was a self-taught musician, so like everything I learned, I learned from watching others, right? Yeah. So like, you know, I was like a little sponge, you know, ever since I was in sixth grade, I was just like listening to, you know, CDs and just trying to pick up things on my own and kind of learn. And, yeah. you know, and that was sort of like that drive, man. Like, you know, uh, the, the worst thing I did was, uh, you know, like back in high school, you know, when I had a girlfriend, we would go on a date or something yeah. and I would completely like, like, like we somehow ended up in some kind of music place and, you know, like, 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 you know, I'm playing like the keyboard or something. I'm looking through stuff and I realized, oh my God, she's just been standing there for like two hours. <laughs> you know, and that's how absorbed I was with all the stuff, you know, like with gear and just, you know, just music. Uh, and like, you know, like, how do I get myself into this music business? Right. You know, it's something I thought even when I was like a little kid growing up. Yeah. You know, and as soon as I get the opportunity, and you know, so when I when I when I started working on with that that artist from Taiwan, uh, there's this very like like OG kind of old school like the big boss kind of a music producer, yeah. and and he was like he kind of mentored me and and I used to watch it and just kind of soak in everything and just learn yeah as much as I could you know wow yeah yeah I think that that's um that's so cool like because. I remember, um, so even guitar too, like, uh, you know, I, I, I was self-taught, like I, I would listen to albums and, you know, I would, uh, I think like, you know, like at some point there was like uh, guitartabs.com or something, right? Where, you, <laughs> you know, but um, I remember like just listening to Clips of Dover by uh, Eric. Uh, Eric Johnson. Yeah. yeah. I, I got the, I got, I got it down. Like I could play the whole song at one point. Uh, like, wow. Uh, like. You know, I was so proud of myself, you know, and <laughs> but it's it's like you know it's, you you can't you can't just play clips of Dover if you're if you're just kind of like oh yeah I, you know I, I you know I like music you know you gotta be like so like yeah just this is me this is like everything that's uh you know who I am you know and and really commit to that and yeah so so that you know that definitely kind of brought back some memories too because I was so obsessed um on playing guitar too because guitar was like my first instrument that. You know, I, I was in a band and all that stuff too. So I, you know, I, I was like a, a one Asian boy, you know, in a band, you know, uh, and and try to sing and, and play guitar and, uh, yeah. but yeah, you know, it's like looking back to it, it it's really starts with just how you perceive music because a lot of times, uh, 
you know, a lot of people see music as like so many different things. And, and I'm just sometimes wonder, like, are you really like interested in music? You know, like, do you really like, do you really want to do this? You know? Yeah. You know, uh, funny thing is, uh, like, uh, with a lot of like up and coming artists, you know, like I check, I listen to their music and sometimes they, you know, kind of want me to kind of like critique it, whatever. And I listen to it and I, I always go into their social media to see what they're doing. Like, oh. right. And uh, I notice, you know, like artists uh, many times, you know, they're kind of introverted or you know, they're not very social and all this stuff. I, I get that part. Right. But like I, I noticed a lot of people just don't do any social media or like any kind of self-promotion and they think it's kind of cringy and they just, yeah. they just don't partake in it. Right. And, yeah, that kind of thing, you know, I'm thinking like, man, if I if I was an artist starting out, like I, you know, I would try to hit like every avenue and try to like take advantage of every opportunity. Everybody I meet, I would hit them up, bother, you know, just bother them <laughs> like day after day, like until like, you know, I get I get their attention, you know, like yeah. and I would drive hours to meet people, like even just for 5 minutes, you know. Yeah. And, you know, like, well, one of the things I used to do is, like, instead of waiting for somebody to call me to come out, I would just go out there on my own and go, hey, I just happen to be in your area. Like, are you available, like, like for lunch or something? Yeah. Right? And they're like, oh, yeah. You know? And then that's how we would meet. Yeah. You know what I mean? Or, like, uh, and even in, in college, like, there was a music business class in this local community college. And I just, I just walked into the class and sat there all year long. Uh, I, you know, I didn't. I didn't sign up for the class. I just went there every day. I talked to the pr professor. You know, uh, I think it was like the midterms when he realized I wasn't registering in class, <laughs> right? <laughs> and he called me in and he's like, "Yo, you're not in the class, are you?" I said, "No." <laughs> he's like, "Well, you could sit in it." And you know, and and the guy like basically like asked so many questions, you know, and just uh, just being thirsty for knowledge and trying to soak in everything. That's I think so important. Yeah, one of the things yeah. I ask um, interns, and, and Kale knows this, like sometimes if I come in the room and there's an intern, I ask, uh, hey, so do you have any questions? You know, and they usually go, no, no. I, yeah. and I go, you know everything? You know, you, you know everything here? Uh, yeah. like, no, no. Then I'm like, well, then ask, you know, like you should ask something, you know, like, yeah. uh, I, you know, if I'm sitting there, I would have so millions of questions. I, I would, you know, I would, uh, I would, you know, give an arm for this type type of uh, time, you know. So you should you should really be uh, thinking about questions then if you don't have any. Yeah, you know, it, it's just uh, it's so weird when when we're in the position of like, I guess, kind of like you know, the decision makers, and we we have to call them and push them to do stuff, right? Right, and that's hap that happens a lot too. Like, hey, uh, can you please go on your social media and post something? Yeah. You know, like, can you do this? Can you do that? And you're like, and they're like, well, you know, I, I just don't do those kind of things. And then, okay. And then you go, well, you don't do those kind of things, but you want the benefit of doing that. Exactly. Yeah. And, and you just, it doesn't exist. Yeah. Right. So you have to, you know, like, I guess for any artist or aspiring artist listening in, you know, like you really have, to, it's not, if, if, if it's not for social media presence it's to show people that you are really serious and you're very diligent and you will work overtime to yeah. achieve your goals. Right. And that's, it shows by everything that you do, yeah. whether it's like writing a lot of songs, you know, you know, if, if, it's, if a guy is sending you the same song for three years, you're like, you know, like, why am I even talking to you still? <laughs> right. 
it's just uh you know and if some guy you just met has like hundred or you know like songs you know or beats that he has like yo listen to this yeah. right and you go wow this guy's serious right yeah. So like I think just I think people are kind of looking for okay is this guy serious is this guy can this guy handle the stress and just the pressure of this business right yeah. da, da, da. and all that shows with how much you're prepared like you know one thing that I've learned over the years is finding ways to help the person you know I think we mm-hmm. touched about uh, touched on this last week or last time sorry you know all of that stuff does really matter because at the end of the day. Um, you know, we're investing our time to really help build you as well, too. So um, having somebody that wants to just be a, having a team player mindset definitely does help. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it, it just in general, too, like I think a lot of uh, aspiring artists or people who want to get into the music industry as a producer or songwriter or whatever. Like, I think people uh, have an ideal kind of in their heads of how it should be. And and it's based on like you know like stuff they saw on YouTube or maybe f- like stuff that happened to famous people, <laughs> you know, and they want that right off the bat. Uh, and uh, you know, it's not that we can't offer it or anything like that. It's just uh, I mean, some people just can't right because they they just don't have the budget or whatever. And uh, I think that initial deal like you have to be very kind of uh, I say like e- easy to work with. And I think uh, I think that's the key word, like or you know, phrase, is to be easy to work with, yeah. right? And it's somebody who's like very cooperative, very responsive, uh, you know, and very helpful, like you said, right? It's kind of like, like you know, if I hire you as an intern and I have to teach you everything, yeah. you know, like like you're not really helping me. I'm helping you, <laughs> right? So like like, what can you offer me? Right or what, you know, what can I have for the guy that I'm I'm trying to work work for, right? And I need to be uh you know like I need to make his life easier, right? Whether it be songwriting or anything that he's doing, I need to like make him you know go to the next level, right? Yeah. Or you know her like go to the next level, and that's that is the key thing. And uh, I think uh, I don't know like from my experience, uh, you know I, I met a lot of people that aren't that doesn't have that mindset. Yeah. And it's it's like, you know, like what what you know, like when do I get this? When do I get that? It's all about themselves. It's like like when is my time coming or why can I do this? And that's so much you know? Yeah. Yeah, and you know, uh you know, I'm sure you guys worked in studios in Korea. Uh it, it it's no joke. You know, like when you're a ma- when you're the main engineer, you're the assistant. What what really tripped me out was when I first went to Korea and you know, like when a main engineer is working with an artist, we become very close, right? Or we, we communicate a lot. And then so after we work, we go to eat, right? We go to eat lunch or dinner. And, the, you know, we would all go. And then the assistant's just sitting there. And I'm like, yeah, hey, why aren't you coming? And he's like, I, I'm not allowed to be, <laughs> in, 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 you know, at, at the presence of, you know, the, the master engineer, right? Uh, eating together. And I'm like, what right? So you know, you see so many people just working so hard, and you know, um, and how, like, just to be in that position. I'm, I'm sure the guy who is the head engineer was in that same position when he was an assistant, right? So it's this kind of uh, this whole hierarchy thing. It, it was crazy. Yeah. So like, you know, and, and I don't, I don't think most people right now could stomach something like that, 
right? They just don't have the you know the the capacity to <laughs> take that kind of abuse, right? Yeah. But you know, and, and you know, and the saying goes, you know, like supply and demand, right? There's so many musicians, your demand is just going to be like lower, like right. So you know, and a lot of people, uh, you know, don't want to hear the word like dime a dozen kind of thing, right? But unfortunately, like it, the market's so saturated right now, like we like musicians are literally a dime a dozen, and they're coming out in droves, thousands every year from music schools, yeah, all over the world, right? So, so it's just you know, like to to really like break through that rat race and to become somebody successful, it takes a lot, a lot of work and a lot, a lot of uh, things that are unexplainable, right? So when you see people like that in those positions, you really have to respect it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, like when I see guys like Dave Pensado, who's like, lit, you know, he's working in LA and in the where the big dogs are at, and he's like the top dog, right? To be that guy, man, like, you, you know, you have to, like, you deserve respect, <laughs> right? If you're in the same field, that is, right? So, you know, I, I have so much respect for guys who are uh, who just broke that barrier and had any success in the music industry. Like, I just have so much respect for people like, you know, yeah. I, I remember um, when I when when we had our first session together, I mean, I was like, you can imagine I was like super nervous, you know, and I usually generally like I just don't get nervous meeting people no matter, you know, uh, how famous you are or how, you know, what you have done. And like, it's just it's something that I don't really get phased by but dave for whatever reason i i was just so nervous to meet him but one thing i remember i did was um i remember i i wanted to at least get his template perfect and i i just started looking at uh forums i started looking at different threads i started looking i i don't think youtube was even like a big thing then so i couldn't really look up anything that you know people put up so i just like uh, contacted people that have worked with him and so i i built this like makeshift uh like a template on pro tools so that everything was colored the way he wanted it or he he does in his sessions but i wouldn't know because i've never worked with him so i i I would have to kind of base this off of a you know just reading online and and um from just contacting random people so the day came when you know i met him and uh you know he opened up the session and he goes did i work with you before and i go no it's you know we it's our first time and he said how in the world did you know my template and i said Oh, I, uh, I just figured it out. And he's like, everything is lined up and every, all the cor- colors are coordinated. My assistant has nothing to do. You know, and I was uh-huh. like, oh, you know, like he doesn't have to do anything. You know, I'm, I'm just, <laughs> you don't mind. You know, if I'm just, I, I just want to chill and just, uh, you know, hang out with you. And, you know, and uh-huh. uh, super gracious guy. And he loves just company. And, um, and uh, yeah, it was just like a memorable time, you know, thinking back. But, yeah, you know, just, just kind of going back to how making things easier for somebody, uh, especially when you're the one that's coming and you, you're trying to learn from somebody even trying to be a fly on the wall, you know, like, mm-hmm. when you're, um, you know, with someone like Dave or with someone like you, like, I think it's, it's, uh, it's always going to be a, uh, you know, a, a great, you know, benefit to, you know, give whatever you have to be in that kind of, uh, uh, time and space, you know, it's kind of like goes back to what you were saying. Like you have to be prepared when the opportunity comes, right? Yeah, like and a lot of guys, they when the opportunity comes, they start like, okay, let me let me get into my work clothes and like figure this out, right? You know what I mean? Like, uh, I think most people who do music are you know, it's been starting since their early teens, maybe. Yep. 
So by the time they're working in professional field, like at the age of, I don't know, 18, 19, they're, they're already like five, six years in to like really cranking things out, right? Right. And if you're not, if you're not in that mode or at that level, it's just, it's, it's tough. People who are coming out of music schools, you know, they're, uh, they're, they got it together, right? They're, they know how to do the craft. Right. And what may have happened is that because they were so focused on the craft, they missed out on the networking and everything else that goes with it too, right? right. So it, it's, it's a collection of all kinds of different things. Yeah. And, and uh, I think probably like you, me, everybody included, like uh, we all had our first success because of somebody else that connected us, right? Right. It wasn't us, you know, like we were so awesome that somebody just came into our bedroom and took our song and made it a hit. Like, you know, somebody, somebody connected those dots for us. Right. Uh, and it's, it's always about that one phone call that comes that changes your entire life. Like, uh, and, uh, I think uh, if you, if you look at any success story in the music industry and you look in hindsight, there's always that one guy that gave him the break. Right. And so from, from the, guy for the guy who's giving you the break it's always this constant like let me like help me help you right i'm gonna you know like i put i put you in as an intern to help you yeah so like please like you know part you know cooperate with me you know like like let me help you with this right and and it's that easy like if, if you're already hired as an intern somebody's trying to give you an opportunity yeah right and if you blow that it's you know it's 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 more of a personality trait than anything else sure right yeah, yeah. and you know and that that goes uh, that's aside from talent and all that stuff personality traits are very like important in the work field like to have long relationships and you know uh ongoing relationships today with so much going on with like options like you know we, we're in a we're in a um era where like you can date people online and I've never done this. So I don't know, but like you can go on, on your phone and like swipe people, you know, swipe left, swipe, swipe right. I don't know what that business is about, but yeah. like you, you have all these options. You can, oof, you know, order food online and, you know, and have everything just catered to you. So I think this is just definitely a different time period where um, those things aren't, aren't as valued. And so, um, you know, like, you know, me kind of being a little bit more of old fashioned, you know, I think, you know, it is important to approach things with the right attitude and understanding that, you know, you don't just get it. You don't you don't just uh, deserve things uh, because you just graduated from school or you, you know, you did a couple internships here. I, I think it's yeah. much more than that, you know. Yeah, I mean, I always say like, like, you know, music, I think major is something or it's one of the only majors where you, you go to school for like, you know, four or six years and. And there's no guarantee of a job, <laughs> right? There's no absolutely no guarantees of a career in the music industry. Uh, and most of the people who have succeeded in the industry never went to music schools. Yeah. Right. Uh, so I guess it's kind of like you know, so you know a lot of people use like you know like Apple computers as as an example, right? So you got like people like Steve Wozniak who actually designs the computer, does the technical work, and Steve Jobs actually like you know, like pretty much comes up with these ideas, but like there's people executing it. Right. Yeah. Right. So like, like if you, if you're learning an instrument in college, yeah, you're going to come out and play instruments for somebody else's song. Uh, in most cases you become a session player and things like that. Right. So like, so when people study to be a session player and then wonder why they're not like Taylor Swift is because they majored in one instrument. Yeah. Right. So like, I think there, you know, uh, people have different kind of, 
kind of uh, perception of what the end goal is. Because uh, I think everybody wants to be in the part of the music industry, but at what capacity, right? Like you could be an intern or you could just be a, a, you know, a graphic designer for an entertainment company or you'll be a composer or one of the composers. You want to be a producer. You want to be the main artist or, yeah. right? And there's so many different compartments of the music industry, but I think a lot of people just kind of see it as, uh, oh yeah, I just want to be part of this whole K-pop thing. Like yeah. there's so many things you could do that has nothing to do with the actual creative process, right? So, uh, you know, so like, I think a lot of people are kind of confused, like, uh, or maybe some of the information that we talk about pertains to being, you know, an artist or even like a producer, right? Yeah. Right. And, uh, and if, if somebody's a guitarist kind of listening in and go, oh, how do I get work in Korea as a, as a guitar player? You know, uh, it's, it's, it's like another, it's like apples and oranges, right? <laughs> it's like comparing apples and oranges. It's very different. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Jayong, do you know that uh, Oban actually uh, he did a uh, he had like a career in fighting MMA. <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah. <laughs> in my earlier twenties, I uh, um, I wanted to. I, I actually did Muay Thai boxing. That was my. Wow, I had no idea. Uh, yeah. I, I don't know. At that time, I just just loved punching things. So. <laughs> <laughs> it's good that you got into music. <laughs> Actually doing music at that time, I was help. I was helping out, uh, running the studio on this. Uh, not really on the side. That was my main job. Um, uh, but I remember also training eight hours a day, um, mm. as well for that too. And yeah, uh, that's no joke. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Wow, that's crazy. That's awesome. I always, I always envy people who could do uh, MMA. <laughs> it's crazy. I, I, I would have never guessed. Uh, yeah, I have some hidden pictures on Instagram. If you really? scroll back maybe about 10 years, you might be able to... Oh, I, I, gotta, I gotta look that up. I gotta look that up. <laughs> but it was, those were fun times, I'll tell you that. I was in the best shape of my life. And um, yeah. I remember the fun... My fun thing to do was to run from K-Town to Hollywood and back in uh. less than an hour. That was like my thing. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Let me ask you a question regarding like kind of what we're talking about, but like, you know, like you're talking about like talent, right? So like, there's this argument of like hard work versus talent. I think, I think talent is like kind of irreplaceable. Mm. Uh, I, I don't think, I don't think work. I mean, uh, if anybody doubts that, like, I think, you know, you just watch the movie Amadeus. Mm. Have you seen the movie Amadeus? It's about Mozart. Uh, and like, there's a guy who works very hard. And this, you know, Mozart is this guy who's, who was always partying with girls and, you know, doing crazy things and seems to never really apply himself. Yeah. But, like, when he shows up, he just kills it. Yeah. Right? And, uh, you know, and if you look at, like, a lot of the masterpieces, like, you know, even in rock or whatever, like, like you know, like Randy Rhodes, for example, like, he put out his best work, before, you know, he died when he was, what, 25 or something? Yeah. Right? And, you know, like, like Jimi Hendrix died when he was 28 and like most people work their entire lives to do what they did in those three year, uh, period. Or like people like Engway Momsen who started playing guitar when he was 15 yeah. and at the age of 18, he made a rising force album, which is like absolutely bananas. Yeah. Right. And 30 plus years later, people still can't replicate what he played in that album. Yeah. And he was only 18 at the time. Right. So. 
and you know, and I, I guess I would be a testament to that because I, pl I play my ass off, and I could never play like that guy what he did at the age of eighteen. Yeah. Right, and it's not like I, I'm not working hard enough. I don't think it's that. I think a lot of people even work harder than me to play like he did, and they just can't. Yeah. Uh, and there's, uh, I think, uh, you know, of course, like, I think, I think mediocre talent could be met by hard work. Yeah. Maybe, but like that, that genius level talent, you're absolutely born with it. I think, uh, and, and I think like people who have it know it. It's kind of like, you know, if you're like super athletic, right. Versus somebody who's not athletic, right. It, you know, like, I don't know, like shooting a, like a basket or dunking is very easy for you. The guy could work, you know, ten years and he still can't do it, right? To me, I, I don't know. Talent is, uh, is something that like people kind of uh, are just kind of naturally born with, and they're just there's just like things are easy for them, right? <laughs> for no apparent reason, yeah. right? Yeah, and, and yeah. So I think I don't know. Like hard work, I think could get you uh, to some, uh, you know, level. But people with real talent. The, the bottom line is they don't have to work as hard as you. Yeah. <laughs> right? It's just, that's just how it is. Yeah. I know guys who, uh, so I used to go out with like these uh, musicians, you know, and we'd be out like drinking till like morning, like sunlight, you know, and they're, they're drunk and, you know, they're, they're, they're sitting, writing something on a little like tissue, you know, with a pen. And I'm like, what are you doing? He's like, oh, I have a session in the morning. I'm writing the orchestration down. And, and this is like in a, in a karaoke or something. Music's blasting. Wow. He's writing this stuff. And I'm like, okay, what? A, next next day, he's still hungover. Yeah. I go to the studio and the string section is playing that. Holy and I, I was completely like floored. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And I was like, my God, like I could never do that. Yeah. Right? And it's that's talent. Kind of goes back to what I was saying about people trivializing other people's abilities, right? Oh, like that guy, I, I could do that with hard work. I could uh, work overtime to get there. Sometimes you just can't, yeah. right? And, and and that's when you really realize how great some of these people are. And you have to, like, you know, you know, like, that's when you recognize, like, wow, that guy is truly, truly great. And yeah. I, you know, I want to, like, learn from that guy. Yeah. Right? And that's where you learn, uh, like to really accept that is when you realize hard work doesn't always cover for <laughs> talent. Yeah. Yeah. I, I always kind of say this, uh, and I, I kind of gave the analogy of, of a treadmill, right? It's like, uh, sometimes like hard work, you can end up just being on a treadmill and being in the same place and doing a lot of work, you know, and like yeah. a lot of action. And, um, and so it's, it's really like, and, and for some people that are watching this, and they realize, oh man, like maybe this is not for me. And I think it's okay to think that, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't necessarily think that the message is always like you have to do music, you know. Um, but my my message is always about, you know, um, finding something that you're obviously passionate about, but ultimately finding finding your purpose. Because without purpose, passion is something that's always gonna be replaced. Like, you know, one season you might feel like you're passionate about something, and then the next season it might change. But if you have a purpose, then everything works around that. Whereas passion is something just about yourself. And you yeah. know, if you're just working for yourself, you know, that's, that there's no, uh, nothing left behind afterward, you know. 
Yeah, and purpose is always like greater than yourself. Yes. Right? Yeah. And there's no limit to how big that purpose could be. And yeah, uh, yeah that's very important. I think a lot of a lot of times passion uh, people confuse with their own desire to become famous. <laughs> right? You're like so well just now that that's exactly it. Yeah. Right? Or some some people even confuse the voice of God in their head as their own own desire. Like like yeah. right? So it's like uh you know, yeah, definitely. I think uh like having purpose and really uh so so you know, when you go what is that purpose, right? So some people, for some people, it's, you know, oh, well, you know, I feel like I was born with, uh, God gave me talent and I want to multiply it in my lifetime, right? And I want to use it to the full, uh, you know, fullest of my abilities, right? And then for some people, oh, yeah, I want to spread positivity and love and, you know, this kind of thing or, you know. Yeah. Uh, and then and then, then you see the Grammys where everybody's just kind of like making vulgar music and getting Grammys. And then you're like, what is that? How, how do you make sense of it? <laughs> Right, like it goes to S. S is up, you know. Yeah, I like to thank my Lord and Savior Jesus for my new single WAP. Yeah, so, yeah, <laughs> and it, and it's empowering women, and you know, yeah. I mean, sometimes you know, sometimes I go, wow, you know, uh, you know, some people are given so much talent and so much opportunities, like people like like would die for, right? Oh. And they use they use that opportunity to make absolute dog shit, <laughs> right? For 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 the for the community and for the people for humanity, like, right? And yeah, I've always been about like spreading positivity, you know, and kind of love through music, and you know, just yeah, it, it, so much has changed, right? And you know, I don't want to sound like some old fart, like you know, talking about the good old days of music, but like. You know, I think it's gotten kind of extreme, like uh, with some of the content. You know, like when you say purpose, I think that uh, kind of eliminates a lot of people. Yeah. Because a lot of people don't have that purpose, and like uh, I think these days, like you know, I want to like when I leave this world, I want to leave a legacy of yes. you know some positivity. Like I, I hope like my my music kind of inspires some people, yeah. you know, uh, to think happier. You know like about life and things like that but you know like uh, you know I, I did like do a bunch of songs you know where like when i was you know when i was young and, ah, party jams or you know just just even like yeah, yeah like just yeah just a lot of crazy stuff you know and, and sometimes i go man uh at the time i didn't really think of how many people that might have influenced mm. right so like you know like to think that a million kids listen to that song and po could have possibly, you know, like thought different about things, you know, like I don't know, like when you when you realize how much power that actually has, then you like wow, like kind of scared it scared me, and I wanted to kind of be more responsible with that. Yeah, you know, wow. uh, actually, uh, like because you know I, I I'm a believer in God and you know, I'm a Christian and all this stuff, and I remember uh, I, I worked on an album. This is a while back. And you know, it, it was a it was a Mandarin album. It was a Chinese album. So I didn't I didn't really think about the content of it, whatever. And you know, uh, when the album came out, it was like it, it was it was called Atheist. Oh, really? And you know, it had an upside down cross, 
Wow. You know, and the whole thing. And it's basically like, oh, like, why should I believe in God? And da da da. You know, I don't believe, uh, I don't believe any of it. Kind of, kind of, kind of a content. Yeah. And after, like, when the album came out, I was like, oh, man. Like, you know, and, and the crazy thing was that that album actually won awards and things like that. Uh, it got really big. And, and, and I, I was enjoying the success of the album. And it didn't really hit me until, like, like, years later that, oh, man, that, like that had a huge impact on society. Like, yeah. and I was part of that, you know. And I think that was sort of my turning point. Like, I, 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 I was really kind of watching out for what I put out. Like, yeah, yeah in terms of content, and you know, I don't, I don't want to like be a negative influence in the world and things like that. So, it would have been a twist though if you go up to the award show and say, "I want to thank my Lord and Savior for this." Yeah, <laughs> for this album. <laughs> Atheist. Atheist. My, my, yeah, my Grammy. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was actually not. Yeah, I think it was either one. I think it won the Golden Melody Awards. I think that album, maybe. Yeah. Uh, but it, yeah, it was it was a big successful album. But yeah, I think I have it somewhere. It's yeah. Now that I have kids and things like that, I go like, man, I you know. Now I understand, like you know, like people like have kids and they you know i heard, i forget who it was it was like ice cube or one of these guys who said like they want to make albums that they could play for their kids now right? yeah yeah and i was like i was like that's like the softest thing i ever heard somebody say <laughs> like how can you say that right right and then i and then after i had my kids i'm like yo i can't i can't i can't go on that crazy stuff you know i think uh something to take away here guys is um you know failure is part of the process Learn to embrace the suck, uh, but most of all, don't let quitting be an option. Um, hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Yeah, don't quit. Don't quit. <laughs> and um, hope to see you guys next time. And please smash that like button. <laughs> see you yeah. next time.